The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning and welcome to Ben Salem Baptist Church, our live stream daily devotional. And we're glad you've joined us today on this Tuesday, November 17th, as we look into the Word of God today. And what we're going to look at today, I think, is so practical um, to the events of the day, as the Bible always is. You know, people so often today are trying to say we need to make the Bible more um, relatable to the world. Can I tell you, the Bible clearly states there's no new thing under the sun. There's nothing more relevant uh, to our world than the Bible. As a matter of fact, if you study the Bible ahead of time and you you learn it, you're going to find, you're just going to see things that happen in the scripture and the Bible. You're just going to see it repeating itself, which is uh, one of the premises of what we'll look at today is something that is a, a command that was given and instructions that was given years ago, thousands of years ago, to be honest, that are still absolutely relevant to today and help us in our mindset in some of the events that have taken place in just the last couple of weeks. I want to thank you for joining us and being part of this podcast. I would encourage you, uh, if you're listening to this through audio, say on iTunes or Spotify or Amazon or something like that, I encourage you to subscribe if you haven't and share this with friends. Uh, that would be a great encouragement to us. If you're watching this through Facebook or, or YouTube, uh, like our Facebook channel uh, at, at Ben Salem Baptist Church. Follow us uh, you know, subscribe to our YouTube channel um, at Ben Salem Baptist again. I encourage you to do that, and uh, that's a help to us and encouragement, and we definitely appreciate you willing to do that. Today we're going to be in Proverbs. Really, we're looking at two verses, one from Proverbs 21 and one from Proverbs chapter 20. And uh, I think when we read these two verses, you'll get an idea of what I mean, how they're so relevant to today. So I'm going to start back in Proverbs chapter 20, and I'm going to look at verse number 2. So Proverbs chapter 20, starting in verse number 2, the Bible says, The fear of a king is as a roaring of a lion. Whoso provoketh him to anger sinneth against his own soul. And it simply states, listen, you want to go ahead and take on the king, be careful. They're very, very powerful. And you might, you might be receiving wrath that you don't want to have. Now, there are times in American history, world history, church history, where to enjoy the rights and privileges that we have as uh, citizens and as Christians. There have been times, especially in the Christian history, church history, where there have been, uh, to an extent, a revolt, not necessarily against government by itself, but against unbiblical rules imposed by the government. But at the same case, that same group of people has received great punishment. And I say punishment, wrath from the, um, from the king. And so there are times we look at the fact that when we choose to go against, and sometimes we have to, history's replete of that, we think about it, the, the 11 remaining apostles after um, Judas uh, killed himself, after them, all but one ended up dying uh, a martyr's death for the cause of Christ, mostly because their revolt against the rule of the day. And so, but that's obviously we see as common sense. But then we go on to verse chapter 21, verse 1, where it says this The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. As the rivers of waters, he turneth it whithersoever he will. And obviously, it's referencing to whatever king is there, the heart, the direction comes from God. And if God really wants to turn it, he can. 
And, and we look at this and we say, well, is he, is he a Democrat? Is he a Republican? We can get caught up in that. Can I, get, can I encourage you that when you look at the political realm, we see it from political parties where we would be, and, and hopefully you're aligned with the one closest to Scripture. Neither one are biblical. Neither one of those would be in the church bylaws. Having said that, one is closer than the other politically. But let me encourage you, when we look at this, um, my question is not necessarily even where we stand, where our rulers stand. Because think about this. Right now, for the next few weeks, we have one ruler in office that will be there till January, and then we'll have a different one, a whole new, whole new look in our administrative government. We'll have new people in positions of authority, new people in the cabinet, uh, new people running our IRS, new people running all kinds of different aspects, new people. And all these things change, which is part of the, our American politics. And so how do we respond? Because some are going to say, I can't wait till this current president's out. Some say I'm a little nervous about the new guy coming in. What do we do about that? Well, what I want to do, and for many of us, this will not be new. These are great reminders. But I want to encourage us in just a couple areas, as we see these two verses are very practical and relevant to us in the middle of November, especially, you know, it's already happened. Philadelphia has already placed a higher restriction due to COVID in the city. Uh, I looked at myself for here, for Bucks County, Pennsylvania, there already are uh, mitigating rules uh, in place that have been in place actually since July. Some of them have been tweaked in October. So as of right now, nothing really else in Pennsylvania is changing. Uh, we mentioned Sunday we're evaluating some ideas moving forward for the church uh, for extra measures of safety. I uh, hope by in a couple of days we're breaking down the logistics, even made a couple of changes to some things today as we're evaluating it. So we want to make sure uh, we're not making any last minute changes. So we're evaluating all the details. Uh, but you have to make some adjustments. But when we do that, though, when you see the government jumping in, you know, some governments have put in, you know, only so many people meeting for Thanksgiving. You can't go here, you can't do that. And, and, and even my son yesterday, coming home from Florida, going back to college, what are, how are these rules going to affect us? Great questions. And unfortunately, there are no answers because this is all still brand new to us. So how do you handle it when you say, I love what, the, what this president did or this, this governor did or this mayor did or I'm not a fan? Uh, for instance, in one country, I don't remember exactly where it was, um, one governor put this restriction down on attendees at Thanksgiving and one of the sheriffs in the city said, listen, we're not enforcing that. Publicly came out and said, we're not enforcing it. So we don't even believe it's constitutional. So you see so much in the government back and forth and it's easy to get caught up in it. Well, as much as I think we should be involved in understanding politics and voting and understanding our rights as American citizens, first of all, what is our response as Christians? So I'm going to just look at three passages of Scripture that are very, very popular. Let me give you the one that I think is our number one priority. Number one, biblical responsibility to all of those in rule. Remember, this was written to people under great persecution by their government. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. I exhort, therefore, Paul's telling Timothy to teach the church this. I exhort, therefore, first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come and to the knowledge of the truth. And so the first thing he says is we're to have some prayers, supplications, intercessions, and giving of thanks for all men, and then for kings 
and for all that are in authority. Please remember, this rule was given to a group of people persecuted by their government authority. So please understand that, you know, there wasn't a lot of freedom in Paul's day to be in church and to preach and things of that nature. So this idea that, well, it's easier for them, I can, is different than today. We have it a whole lot easier. Interesting, I heard years ago, someone made the comment, if we're going to lead a quiet and peaceable life in godliness and honesty, we can't do it with the government against us. The government was against them. So please understand that phrase to lead a quiet and peaceable life in godliness and honesty is not only when the government agrees with us as a church or, or protects our freedoms as a church. It doesn't always mean that way. We pray, and I believe this, because we'll look at this in the next two verses, new two sections of scripture. We pray, we pray on behalf of them, we give thanks for them, and we do what we can to submit to them. So that way we know we've done what we can do in the eyes of God. This is less about the uh, human authority and really more about God's authority. And that's really what it comes down to is we need to be doing right according to God. See, he is still our number one authority. Whether or not we like our mayor or don't like our mayor or love him or whatever, uh, whether or not we like, we think our city's corrupt, I, you know, here in Ben Salem, I, not, I happen to like what they're doing. Um, they're conservative. They follow my points of view. I, I appreciate our mayor and all he's done here. Um, but then again, you go to Harrisburg, you have two different points of view. Um, the point is this, it doesn't matter. Whether or not I agree or like, I can look back and say, God has still given me a command. And so therefore, since God is my number one authority, I follow that. So what do we do? That's our first step. We should do that because we desire to have God's will God's blessing upon us. So number two, what's the next thing? Well, it's found in two sections of scripture. Romans 13 is the first one. Let every soul be subject unto higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever resisteth the power resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is the minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid, for he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon them that do with evil. Who, who, wherefore, we, he, must be, he must needs be subject, not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake. For for this cause pay ye tribute. Also, for they are God's ministers attending continually unto this very thing. Now, he starts off with saying, let every soul be subject to the higher powers, anybody above us. Now, by the way, children, that means your parents. And it's going to mean school teachers and principals and then police. And then it rolls its way into government officials. I'm to be subject to them. He said, there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Let me give you one quick explanation. There's two parts to it. One, what he's referencing really is the offices that are being held. So he's saying, for instance, let's just look at it locally. Um, our police, our mayors, our governors, the president, and all in between, uh, the positions placed there are ordained by God. In this situation, it would have been Caesar and things of that nature. Um, people who weren't really uh, for religion at all on that case, as a matter of fact. So you look at this and you realize he's, he's referencing predominantly um, the positions. Now, does that mean, well, if I don't like the position, I have to respect it, first of all, We've had people in office that I agree with more than others. Some I think are just should not be either. They're corrupt. You still respect the position. Whether or not the person holding it respects the position, you still respect and you honor the position of president, of governor, of mayor, of, of whatever, of police officer. Because I'll be honest, you know, the big debate over police. Um, 
I help completely respect the police and honor and appreciate what they do. And there's no doubt, probably more than a small fraction of the police. But I'm not going to look at it that way. I don't look and say, I think there may be 1% or half a percent. I'm not sure. I respect them as I do every position until I don't have a reason to. And you do that because God's asked me to do it and I'm subject to it. And I respect that if they pull me over, it's not because they decided to point me out. It's because maybe I should be following the rules. And if I'm following the rules, I won't have to be pulled over. And I won't have to be confronted by that. I won't have to be nervous when I see them. I'm subject. This is part of leading a quiet and peaceable life. When I pray for them and I obey them, I have enough reason to be nervous of them. That is a biblical command. God has put them there. Uh, let's go again to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 13. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to king as supreme, or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him, for the punishment of evildoers, and for the praise of them that do well. For so is the will of God, that with well-doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. Now he gives another argument, I submit to them, to the ordinance of God, because God created them. The purpose of government was created to punish the evildoers and to encourage good. That is the purpose God placed government. He said, for this is the will of God. By the way, pretty good reason to do it that with well-doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. What's the foolish men? Those who want to criticize and argue and state that we have an issue with them, when you follow them, and again, he's talking to people under persecution, when you follow authority, the critics who want to criticize the church and criticize those of us of conservative Christian views can't, even though they want to state us and make us look a certain way. We're not that. And if we follow this, we, we silence the critics because they have nothing to say, which is what we want to do, it's what we're shooting for. It's God's will. Now, let me ask you this question. I read this a while back in a message I was preparing for, and I thought this was a phenomenal question. And honestly, a question I had not considered. So in, in Romans 13 and in 1 Peter 2, it references the premise of the office, that God placed the office, it was his will, it was to... Um, punish evildoers and to encourage good. So here's a question that I heard and I thought it was a phenomenal question. What do we do when the person in authority does not do what he's been asked of God to do? What do we do when the person in authority is not, is really going against his biblical command, he's not really following his position, he's not punishing evildoers, and in some occasions across the world history you find that the evil were followed or honored by the authority and the good was attacked by that and in america we're seeing that christianity the thought behind it is something that the progressives in this country don't like they just don't like it at all and there's already people talking about how to limit it how to eliminate it how to say that you can have your religious rights as long as it doesn't agree with our cultural position they're already talking this way so what do we do when the people placed there by God are not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Pray for them, submit to them, and respect them. Now, let me tell you one thing interesting. In both Romans 13 and in, in T, 1 Peter, it says um, in Romans 13, we're to be subject. Um, be subject to every higher powers. In verse 1 Peter, we're to submit ourselves to every ordinance of man. We're to be in subjection to authority. Now, I made a comment uh, several months back, and I still hold to the position. There's a difference between subjection and obedience. Now, you say, how do you break those two down? It's a great question, and I've been evaluating that question. Let me tell you, number one, who is the number one authority? Who is my number one authority? God. So when I understand that my number, the reason I pr pray for my authority, the reason I subject myself to the authority, even though sometimes I won't like it, I do it to obey God. 
Now, I do that until my authorities ask me to disobey, my earthly authorities ask me to disobey my heavenly authority. So soon as the government, the worldly authority has said, you can't do this, which is in total contradiction to what God's told me, I go back and follow my number one authority. So if I have to, where Paul said we'd rather obey God than man. So if we're ever, and currently we're not asked to do that, in some aspects, in some parts of our country, there is some of that when it comes to gatherings and things. But as of right now, it's not really serious. I think it's close. But I will say this, that as long as we can obey man and God, if we do, until human authority says disobey God, then we obey God. Now, currently that's not happening. But what if it does? Pray for your authority. Subject yourself everywhere you can. Now, remember, being subject doesn't mean that, you know, if we have to, you know, well, Throughout time, the apostles went against the uh, command from their authority to not preach the gospel anymore, and ultimately ended up being killed for it. They were subject to it. What I mean by that is they were subject to the fact that, yes, they were disobeying a rule, and they ultimately subjected themselves to the punishment. So we're going to follow, and if God, if they bring a punishment, we subject ourselves to that. Now, I'm not. there's no anarchy in this. I hope you understand. God has asked us, first of all and most of all, to pray and be subject to our authority. And a lot of times we, we want to frustrate over, well, I don't like this position. I don't like that position. God didn't ask us that. God said, pray and be in subject to them. I think of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. How many things, you know, Daniel went to the lion's den. The Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went to the fire furnace. But, you know, in all of the time they grew up in Babylon, those are the only two times we hear them disobeying the rule of the land. And how many things did they grow up under, under a horrible pagan king and pagan city? How many things did they see happen that they were part of that they did not agree with, but they still did what they were supposed to to follow God? And so there's going to be things that we're not going to agree with, but we need to be subject to the best of our ability and let God be honored in our attitude towards it. And let me encourage you, may, may we make sure that our testimony is strong and honoring we're not going to like everything. That's just the way it is because human and, humans in authority have a tendency to go too far. It's part of our nature. Um, we have the best system out there and we trust that God will continue to bless it. But the key is following God first in all of us before we go any further. And that is what we're supposed to, so that is what we're supposed to follow and do our best in. I hope we will. I know we will do that and continue. It's a good testimony as a Christian. I hope we will continue to do that. Well, I tell you what, I know this is unique as, you know, it was not political, hopefully, as you saw it that way. It was very much trying to follow what, uh, the practical relevant points of today in Christianity, what we need to do. You know, I don't know what the next 10 years will look like for Christianity, but I do know what God's asked us to do right now. And may we continue to do that and have that testimony being number one, and then we'll see what God has for us coming, moving forward, so that we can stand one day before God and say, to the best of our ability, we were subject to the authority you placed over us. Thank you for taking time today uh, to be part of the Source of Truth podcast and to join us. We hope uh, this was an encouragement and some great instruction and a great reminder for us. And uh, we look forward to seeing you again next time. Hope you invite somebody to join us maybe and hope we continue to be encouragement with you for a short time each day. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next time.